probably taking the long way. Oh, you have something back there. I have to have my backpack. Yeah, that's true. The backpack's really important. Hey, how's everyone doing tonight? You doing good tonight? Hey, you can be louder than that. I know it's finals week for some of you, but are you doing good tonight? Okay, okay. That was all right. I won't make you do it again. I just want you to know that, that was incredibly average. And if you like being average people, then you just did fine. Uh, but next week, I expect better. How many of you are in finals week right now? Anyone raise your hand? Holy smokes. To everyone, everyone that is in finals week, shh, listen up. Thank you so much for sacrificing time uh, in the books, in the notes, in the YouTube videos explaining something that you didn't pay attention to in class. That was my college experience. Whatever it might be, um, I, I, I'm really proud of you for sacrificing time to be able to learn about Jesus tonight. Uh, you may not know it, but that says a lot about you. That says a lot about your heart, and it says a lot about what you care for. Uh, and I'm really excited that that is uh, the truth. Well, my name is Matt Velasco. Wow, that did not. That transition was not good. I, I, I enjoyed Thank it. you. I appreciate that. I my name is Matt Velasco. I'm the high school ministry director here at the Chanhassen campus of Westwood. Uh, and, and if you're new, I would love to meet you. We say something around these parts. We say this is home. And when we say this is home, we don't mean that this is the place where you're going to eat, sleep, and drink. But rather, we mean that this is the place where you are going to feel at home. There's a safety here. There's a transparency here. There's a celebration that happens here. Uh, and that is because it is home. And so I want you to be able to call this place home. The beauty of it is after weeks away, you may take a deep breath, a sigh of relief, and say, man, it feels so good to be home. And so I want that to be true for you. Uh, so welcome. Really glad that you are here. We are in uh, week number two of a series that we're calling The Storyteller. We're talking about Jesus, who is the ultimate storyteller. Last week, I, I talked more about what that means. If you weren't here or you're new, go to our podcast and listen to that. I'm not going to talk too much about context tonight of what this, uh, this series is all about. Really going through parables. Last week I talked about parables and how they are significant stories with significant what? Can someone tell me? Significant stories with significant meaning. And that's what parables are. And tonight we're going to be talking about uh, a parable that's known as the Good Samaritan. But before we talk about that, I want to introduce you to my friend. Hi, tell them who you are. Hi. I can't see anybody. What's going on here? These lights are beautiful and bright. I am Rodney... Melton, and I'm very nice. It's, it's such a pleasure to meet you. I'm just uh, overjoyed to be with you tonight. A uh, little bit about me. I'm a Southern boy. I grew up in Houston, Texas, and I like to stand up. I got to stand up. Do I can't sit down. Do. do whatever you got to. I will, I will sit down eventually. So I grew up in Houston, Texas, uh, educated in, in Texas, and Moved around the country after I graduated from college, uh, obviously uh, in employment and landed. We lived in North Carolina, lived in Pittsburgh, moved back to Houston, and received an opportunity to move to Minnesota. Now, growing up in Houston, you have to understand, guys, I was riding my bicycle on Christmas in 80-degree weather. I knew there was a place up north called Minnesota, and even further north, a place, a country called Canada, but I'd never experienced or never visited that part of the country. And this opportunity came about to move to Minnesota, <laughs> and uh, I took advantage of it. We were actually moving every five years. It was part of a plan. Uh, if you look at uh, my career, 
Janice, my wife, and her son, Stefan. In fact, we adopted Stefan, our son, who is 31, so I'm not young. As Lucy uh, refers to me, I think she calls me a wise old man. I've, I've heard that a couple of times, and I love that, by the way, because, well, I don't know about the wisdom, but the old man part's right on, dead on. But at any rate, every five years, and I'm sharing this with you because there's something beautiful in this story as it relates to Minnesota. Boom, 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 boom. Get to Minnesota, five years into uh, our living here, the opportunity came to us to move to Milwaukee. We turned it down. Because by then, we were part of Westwood. My family's been a part of Westwood now for almost 24 years. Almost the very beginning of the church, uh, we found it. We used to travel across town to a predominantly black church. And uh, my wife and I sat down one day and said, you know what, we moved into this community called Chanhassen. There's this new church in Chanhassen. Let's give it a try. And we've been here ever since. Uh, fell in love with Minnesota. Not from a job perspective, but because of the relationships that we developed, that we felt as we grew our faith was more important than anything else in the world. So here we are, 24 years later, living in Minnesota, Southern Boy. I retired a couple of years ago. I have grandkids now living in Minnesota. The long-term plan was to go back south, sunny south, Florida, Texas, somewhere where it's nice and warm. Can't see that happening right now with these grandkids. Glad to be here. I look forward to sharing with you tonight. The last thing I'll tell you is, generationally, when I was growing up, we didn't wear caps indoors. I am a football coach at Chaska High School, and I'm wearing this cap tonight with great joy. So wanted to share that with you. That's a little bit about who I am, and uh, we're going to talk. We are. We are going to talk. But before we do that, uh, hey, Caroline or someone, no, we need that mic again. Oh, amazing. She read my mind, and by my mind, I mean my text. Amazing. Paige, you can come on up. Round of applause for Paige Whalen, everyone. Hey, last, last week we introduced uh, something that we're going to be doing for the rest of this year. Each week we're going to have students reading the scripture uh, for tonight or for that night because I want you to hear the scripture out of the mouth of someone who is a lot like you, someone who is your age, because there's a lot of significance to that. So check this out. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. We'll have it on the screens for you also. Take it away. Okay, so Matt said we're going to be doing the parable of the Good Samaritan tonight. Um, so, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Hmm. He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he desiring to justify himself and to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. 
Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he, when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. When he set him on, when he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii. How do you say that? Denarii. Got denarii, it. Denarii. denarii. It works. Yeah. I had money over it, so I couldn't read it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that works. And gave him to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him. And whatever you spend, I will repay you. And when I come back, um, which of these three do you think proved him to be a neighbor, or proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Thank you so much, Paige. Round of applause for Paige. Thank you. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us quick, and then Rodney and I are going to get into our conversation. Lord, thank you so much that we get to gather in a place like this. Thank you so much that we, a different people from different backgrounds with different stories, get to enjoy your presence together. Lord, be with us. Thank you for Rodney and the wisdom and the story that he's going to share with us tonight. We pray things in your name. Amen. Oh, boy. Hey, Matt, can I do something? Go ahead. Mind? Do, you don't mind. Go ahead. Do it. Okay. You want I can't see you guys, so I have to trust you, okay? And you're going to have to move. We need to do it relatively quickly. I need you guys to get up and find somebody you don't know, you have not met. Do that for me very quickly. Come on, let's go. Let's and go. And leaders, go. and leaders, I want you to find a leader you do not know. Leaders, let's go, let's find go, a let's leader go. you do not know. Are we ready? Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <coughs> Listen up, everyone. Listen up, guys. This is what I want you to do, okay? And we will, I will time this. We're going to take 20 seconds, and I would like for you to stare into the eyes of that stranger in front of you. Let's go. Go! Shh. 20 seconds. Stare into the eyes of the stranger. Stare. Stare. Don't break eye contact. Stare. Okay, stop. Listen up, guys. Listen to me, please. Everything we're going to talk about will get back to developing relationships, okay? And whether you know it or not, that stranger, that new friend that you just connected with in that 20-second period is now no longer a stranger, if you think about that for a minute, okay? Can you land on that for a second? Think about that. You've just stared to the eyes of a person that you've never communicated with, you might have said hi or whatever, okay, right? But now is the beginning of a relationship. You can go back to the areas of comfort at this point. But You're I want so you to quietly. 
Do so quietly for the sake of time. For the sake of time, leaders, help us out here. All attention back to us, please. Quiet, quiet. So, so I'm really excited about tonight because Rodney's been a part of my life for, I mean, 24 years pretty much uh, since, I since I was a kid because of Westwood. Um, but he has been, and he's not going to like that I say this, he's been a mentor in my life now really for many years, way back when I was a student. But over the past year, our relationship has really grown. And uh, we were just sitting down the other day because a couple of parents brought up the idea of doing something like this literally last Monday. And so I spontaneously texted Rodney and said, hey, can we make this happen? And so for the past two days, we've been meeting to make this possible. Um, And we really just want to invite you into the conversations that we've been having over the past year. You may not know this. Most of you do know this. And we actually talked about this significantly last year. But in the area that we live in, in the schools that you go to, there has been a real problem, and that problem is called racism. And now for a lot of you, you hear that and you immediately think, oh no, not again. And a lot of you, you hear that and you think, praise God, we can't talk about this enough. And so tonight we are using the Good Samaritan, a parable told by Jesus Christ, who we at Westwood Community Church, we as Christians believe, was indeed the Son of God, We are using that parable as a lens into race and racism. And Rodney, being the wisest person in this room right now probably, (laughs) is going to share a lot about his experiences, the knowledge that he has. And so given that context, I'm going to let you take it away. Anything you want to say before I start asking you questions? We've got 20 minutes, so this is going to be fun. It it, it will be fun. Uh, So as I said, I coach football at Chaska, and... This issue of uh, race has to do with the fact that it is a social construct. This is something that has been invented by man, not by God. What did God tell us? Every last one of us is what? Wonderfully and fearfully made? You are aware of that. What's going on is... This is my backpack, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but you guys can relate to this because you all have backpacks. I packed my books like this when I was uh, in school, believe it or not, a long time ago. But this is what you guys use today, and I want to use this as a symbol that represents your lived experiences, your personal journey. This is my backpack, and in my backpack, you'll find my lived experiences. My dad was my high school principal. My mom, both parents were in education. We grew up in in the church. I grew up in the church. I learned uh, how to pray in my teens by using the great book of Acts, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, supplication, okay? This is my life right here. So when I show up, the lens that I am looking at the world through 
can be found in my backpack. Interesting comment you make there. You know, we struggle with fear. And I know you guys have talked about fear before, but racism gets back to fear. The reason I had you guys do that little exercise is to show to you how easy it is to get out of your comfort zone by taking a few steps and reaching out. Very easy to do. I have experienced racism in my life because of the color of my skin. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. I was heartbroken as a coach at Chaska High School for the last 15 years to see what was going on. But we can't run from that because that's real, but it has nothing to do with our Lord and Savior. It has everything to do with the flesh that we walk in, and it's called sin. The word white was invented. If you think about the Old Testament, if you think about the New Testament, people groups were identified by family, points of origin. You will find nowhere in the Bible where they say that there was this white person or this black person. It's just not part of the word. But man, and God created all of us, created that word. And it has to do uh, with our history, our critical history. It all started. America is a very young, young country. I've traveled uh, around the world, actually, and I'm just amazed at, and it really sinks in, and a lot of you guys will do this because that's what you do now in college. You have the opportunity to study abroad. I am amazed at just how young this country is, even from an architectural standpoint. This is a very young country compared to the rest of the world. And so when you talk about this race stuff, uh, in reality, there's a great book. It's called, uh, I'll, I'll look at it here because I am old and can't remember a lot of stuff, and I admit that because of my humility. <laughs> it's called The Birth of a White Nation, and um, it goes back to the colonies, the original colonies, and uh, includes the time of the Bacon uh, Rebellion, the first slaves came to this country, landed in Virginia, in 1619, exactly 400 years ago. Last year, that was uh, an anniversary for that event. Slavery was born, as you may recall, and some of you have heard this. We, I know we don't get a lot of black history. It's part of the systemic uh, system that we live in, but slavery was born uh, for economical reasons, if you can believe that. It, it really was. Like so many things in the world, it has to do with, uh, with money, and that's why Jesus Christ talks about money so much. That's exactly why uh, 
money is discussed so much in the Bible because it gets us into a lot of trouble. But that's really, and I'm simplifying it, but that's what this is all about. It has to do with cotton, has to do with that industry. Um, you may not know, but there were indentured servants. A lot of the original people were British people who came the same time slaves came to work on these farms for cotton. It's absolutely true. Uh, Britain was struggling financially, and this was an opportunity, so they sent uh, Brits over here, and they worked for years and years, and when the economy got better, they stopped sending Brits over. Well, we still needed the labor, and so the slave trade picked up. But closer to home, I was personally heartbroken as we experienced some of the events that we experienced at Chaska. I live in Chanhassen, and one of my neighbors said, you know, why is this happening at Chaska? It didn't happen at Chanhassen. And real world is very simple. Chaska is 22% diverse. Chanhassen is 3% diverse. It's happening everywhere because it has to do with the human condition. It absolutely does. My reaction to all of this out of my heartbreak was because of my background, believe it or not, I sat there and developed a 100-page PowerPoint, and I labeled it, you don't know what you don't know, because there's so much that all of us absolutely don't know. I have spent, and Matt alluded to this, and I'm trying to connect with as many people as possible. I've learned a lot from Maddie. I call him Maddie, by the way. I spent a considerably amount of time studying, trying to educate myself, and I urge you to do the same. And as you do that, lean into prayer, because the secular world will be tough for you. you. You need to be surrounded and immersed in prayer as you lean into this issue. It's a, it's a very tough issue. Um, I have some wonderful relationships. I started coaching sports when my son was five, six years old, and you'd be amazed at how relationships are developed in a community through sports. You guys know that. Your families are connecting as you guys have grown up and the parents hang out together and get to know each other. As a result of that, as a result of Westwood, uh, we just, I have lovely, my wife and I have beautiful relationships. We're just so blessed to be surrounded by so many people. But yet, some of those friends, when you lean into the subject of racism, they really struggle. They absolutely struggle. It's just uh, part of who we are, and it's a fearful kind of thing. And these are people that I know. And so I urge you to lean into this subject. You guys are the high schoolers. You need to know this. I will tell you this. As believers, when we get to heaven, there will not be black and white neighborhoods. Did you ever think about that? If anybody can disprove me on that, you need to do that. No such thing as black and white neighborhoods in heaven. 
So I went on a little bit. You might have no, something. No, else I love for it. Me. No, no, I love it. Um, Hard to I, shut me up, guys. <laughs> I I think that this issue is so important for us to talk about. And a lot of you might be thinking, why are they talking about this? Like, why why here? Why why not the assembly hall at school? Why not? Like, why can't I just listen to a podcast? And I, I think that the answer to racism is Jesus. And something that we say here at Westwood or, or here at high school ministry, you may remember way back uh, about a year ago, we came out with the This Is Home sweatshirts, right? Um, and on the back, we had something that we called the Declaration. And part of that declaration, you may have never read it. I would encourage you, if you have that sweatshirt, go and read it. And if you don't, go on our, uh, on our Instagram and read that thing. Part of it is it says that we are not going to ignore the hard stuff. We're not going to ignore the hard stuff and we're not going to sweep darkness underneath the rug. And friends, racism is hard. I'm up here and I've had this conversation with Rodney tons of times. And I feel uncomfortable. I, I'm up here as he's talking, how many emails am I going to get? How many parents are going to be mad? Am I going to get in trouble for this? And, you know, praise God, we go to a church and we're a part of a church and a body where, where that oftentimes isn't the response that we get. But it's a real problem that we need to talk about. And I think the Good Samaritan is a fantastic lens to look at it through because the closest thing we can get to racism in the Bible, in, in the day of Jesus, is the Samaritans. Hmm. See, see, you may not know this, but if you look at a map of Israel, you can split it in a couple of different sections. And one of the sections near Jerusalem it's literally only like a five-hour walk, which if you think about that is Victoria to Minneapolis. Actually, is that like five hours or do you think that's more? I don't even know. Israel's actually a small country. You can fit it inside of Minnesota. And so a nearby area was called Samaria. And the Jewish people, the Israelites, hated the Samaritans. And I've talked to you about this before. And what's happening here is someone was beaten. Someone was brought almost to death on the side of a road and a priest, the most religious person, ignores him. And a Levite, another one of the most religious people, ignores him. And then a Samaritan, the person who the crowd Jesus would have been talking to that was considered unclean, evil, they may have called him an animal. They may have called him less than. They, they may have called him whatever racial slur existed at the time. And Jesus says, and a Samaritan, I bet you the crowd would have been like, oh, the Samaritan's going to like, he, he's going to go in and gonna like, he's going to finish him off. Right? Like, he's not going to help. He's going to go, he's going to finish off the job. Right? Like, He's not going to do anything good. And then Jesus in his patience goes, the Samaritan saves his life. The Samaritan goes and picks him up and brings him to an inn. Pays for him to stay. Helps him get better. And then Jesus says, you go and do likewise. And the Good Samaritan is a story about mercy. It's a story about mercy. It's a story about race. 
And it's a story about us. Because whether you know it or not, you are one of those characters. You might be the priest, you might be the Levite, you might be the Samaritan. The question is, which one are you going to be? Are you going to ignore the person hurting? Are you going to be part of the crowd, the fourth character? That assumes that someone who looks different than you can never do anything right, can never do anything good? Or are you going to understand that the Samaritan, the one who no one expected to do good, was the hero all along? And so the question, we have six more minutes, and I wish we didn't only have six more minutes. I'll tell you this, Rodney's coming back in March, and so he's going to talk more about this. It will be a part two, and it'll be just him. I won't be up here to, to steal the spotlight. But um, I want to ask you this, because this is, this is really what I think is the most important question we can ask. Why should a high school student care about racism? It's a great question. And the answer is, and I started with it uh, obviously a minute ago, you just uh, have to realize that our promise as believers in Jesus Christ is not one of segregation in heaven. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Um, we need to awaken ourselves, every last one of you. You need to awaken I am going to share with you, and this applies to me as well, the fact that we have to, all of us, work very hard at not being racist because we have inherent biases, whether they're implicit or explicit, as we go through life and live in this flesh. So it's not an issue of saying there's no way I'm a racist, I have friends of color, I've got that's the old proximity approach, I've got this, I've got that. Let's look at it through a different lens and understand that we are all subject to, we're all exposed to the fact that, they, that we could be racist. And if we begin there, we can awaken ourselves, we can be Awoken. Do you realize, guys, you can go through life, and this is geographically speaking, um, even more so up here. You guys can go through high school, you can go through college, you can work on a job for 40 years and never experience diversity in your life. And I promise you that's not what God had planned for us. If he wanted that for us, he would have said it, and he did not say it. So understand that every last one of us can be racist, and we have to train ourselves not to be. And you do that through, first and foremost, understanding that possibility is there because you walk in the flesh. Number two, educate yourselves. You're not going to get black history in your books. I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's the way it is. It's just not happening. Too bad. But what does that mean? That's not an excuse for you not to self-educate. And not just black history. Educate yourselves to the critical histories of this country. Find out for yourself what's true and what's not true. 
because there's so many myths out there. So many myths. I'm going to do something, and you guys are going to laugh, but this is who I am. I'm going to ask you a dumb question. I want you to think about it. I might get a giggle, and maybe I won't. If you like watermelon, stand up. Be honest and stand up. Okay? All right? Now, granted, I am in a room with a bunch of beautiful white people that I absolutely love, but there are some white people in here that like watermelon. But the myth that uh, we have been taught that we live in, you can have a seat, is that watermelons for people that look like me. Right? That's crazy. Oh, there's so many jokes. Young, I'm, I'm looking at a young lady over here who's, what's he talking about? Oh, there are a lot of jokes in that regard. And if you look at your critical histories, you'll see what I'm saying. So nothing to be ashamed of at all, but that's reality. And we just went through something that, that's part of education that some of you guys are not even aware of, maybe because of your exposure or lack thereof. But that's one of those themes that's floating out there that we have fun with as a society. If you lean on society to determine who you will be in this world, you will be a racist. We need Jesus Christ, first and foremost. That's good. I like that. I like the, the silent, just the mic drop. Boom. It's good. And the silence in, in, in preacher talk, the silence means leaning in. Yeah. And so for those of you that are leaning in, and, and you're wondering what next. I can tell you from personal experience, the best thing, the best decision I made, and I made it when I was a senior in high school, so a lot of you might be thinking, I'm, I'm too young for that. I made it when I was a senior in high school. The best thing you can do is ask questions. Rodney and I were just talking, I'm gonna be done, and we're gonna be done after I finish this. Time flies by. It's nine o'clock. Time Jeez, flies I'm by. Dangerous. I can't yeah. shut up. Yeah. Typical football. <laughs> but, but, Ronnie and I were just talking the other day, and um, I used the term "person of color." Yeah. And what I ask you? I can't remember. Don't you ever do that to me? I'm too old for that. <laughs> I asked him. I said, I, 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 I said it, and as soon as I said it, I, I realized that might not be appropriate to say anymore. And so I asked him, is that still something that is okay to say, or is that considered offensive? And we looked at each other in a moment of silence, and, and we came out of that moment of silence, and we said, thank goodness that we have the relationship where I can ask him that question, and he can ask me questions like that too. And so if you're wondering well, Matt, what is actually what had happened was <laughs> I looked you at you I looked at you and I said Maddie there is absolutely nothing in this world you could not ask me there yeah. is no do you recall that Yeah I do There yeah. is no way you could ever offend yeah. me Yeah because I love you we have a relationship that's fact, you're staring into that stranger's eyes, by the way, guys. 
but we have in a relationship. Right. And so that's a big problem. I know we yeah. got to go, but that's yeah. a huge problem. No, guys. And, 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 and that touches on it perfectly. And that's the point I'm trying to make is that it comes from relationships. And so if you're friends with someone that looks different than you, for me in high school, one of my best friends was Jewish, looked exactly like me. You would never know hmm. he was Jewish. And the jokes that I made that I later found out offended him. I had no idea. Because I thought that he was laughing with me, but really he was laughing, but the mask he was laughing with wasn't true. It wasn't real. He was doing it because he didn't want to stir the pot. So I was being racist and offending him for years of my life. I had no idea. And so for you, that might be the truth. And what you need is the relational capacity to ask a question, is this okay? Is this not okay? And if you look around and you say to yourself, I don't have any friends that look differently than me, I would encourage you to seek one out. I would encourage you to seek one out because it will change the way that you view the world hmm. and it will change the way that you develop and, and you grow. And I wish that we had more time to keep yeah. talking, but I'm gonna pray for us. And as soon as I'm done praying, y'all are free to uh, go back to small groups. If you, can I just call an audible and say, if anyone wants to ask Rodney a quick question afterwards, you'll be up here. I actually cool. wanted to say that. Everybody in this room, there's nothing off limits for me. You're not going to hurt my feelings. In fact, I challenge you to lean into your courage and approach me and ask me the dumbest question you can think of. You know, I'm, I'm dead serious. That's, that's, be careful with that. My, my heart, no, I'm fine with that. My heart leans into that. Uh, and I'm glad you let me yeah. uh, at least say something because I want to share with you. Um, I'm thinking of Gabby right now. I can't see her again, but she's out there somewhere. But... Hey, we have an opportunity for you guys. Our beautiful church, Westwood, has leaned into a racial justice and reconciliation team. We were formed uh, just last summer, and we're all about growing in this area, growing in the love of Jesus Christ as it relates to racial truth and justice. Monday, the 20th, is Martin Luther King's Jr.'s birthday. And we will be hosting here at Westwood a fine celebration, very laid back. We will experience his I Have a Dream speech, and we will have uh, discussions. From 6.30 until 8, here at Westwood, B-102, if you can, you guys are out of school that day, join us. If you're already uh, registered in the system, we'd love for you to register. If you are not, just show up. We'll take care of that for you. Guys, I'd love to see you there. I'd love to experience that part of our critical history with you. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. You're welcome. Thank you. Round of applause for Rodney, everyone. Oh, Seriously. my. Seriously, I, I honor you and I'm thankful for you. Thank you. Hey, bow your heads with me. I'm going I'm to pray this in a small group really fast. Lord, we love you. We're thankful that you have given us a platform to have these hard conversations with your grace and with your love and through the lens of scripture. God, be with us. Thank you for Rodney and all the work that he's doing. We praise things in your name. Amen. Amen. Go to small groups. I love all of you. You all look beautiful even though I can't see you. Sorry about that.